you. You're listening to America's Web Radio. Could be the only winner we have, you know. (laughs) This may be it, yeah. No, you know, I was telling my wife, um, I would love for it even to get a little colder. I would like to see maybe a couple of weeks, uh, you know, from the low teens to the 30s. That that will never happen again. Well, uh, global warming, baby. uh, (laughs) No, I think we need it. You know, we've had too many years recently of very mild, mild winters, and I'm a big proponent of that nature should do its thing and kill off some of the bugs that are... Oh, no, uh, this last year was a bad bug uh, year, and um, it was um, it was a tough time. I think... Uh, we never I'd had really a winter like last year, right? you know? No, we didn't have a winter last year. It really, it really went right into spring uh, from the fall. It was really kind of strange um, when you think about how bad crazy that was. Um, but, uh, no, it's great to be back. Uh, David, this will be our last show for the year. Uh, because I will be heading out to um, uh, take a couple weeks off uh, here uh, starting on Friday. I'm kind of looking forward to it. I think it's great, and congratulations for being able to do it. I well, you know what? Uh, it is uh, now that Donald Trump has made America great again. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so, uh, well, except for that whole sexual harassment thing and no, no major legislative accomplishments and the destruction of the immigrant family. Other than those things. He's made America great again. Big election today, David. Um, you're not an Alabamian, for which you thank God every morning, I imagine. Well, I do have a uh, full head of teeth. <laughs> and you did not marry your cousin. Oh, come on. That's a stereotype. But, but I, got, I got my couch on the front pole. <laughs> we are teasing about uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Alabama over there. Um, I'm curious what's going to happen tonight. I'm very curious what's going to happen tonight. I, uh, you want to place a bet? Oh, Roy Moore's going to win. Yeah. Oh, there's no bet there. I, oh, that's a no-brainer. All right. okay. It would be it would be a major upset for him to lose this race uh, because P.T. Barnum, Barnum was right. <laughs> you can fool some of the people all of the time. I mean, he was absolutely right. Um, David, uh, you heard about the terrorist uh, incident yesterday in New York. Certainly. Uh, now, first question is, why is that a terrorist incident and killing three, 34 people in Vegas wasn't? Can you tell me the difference? Uh, I think Why was the guy in Vegas found, mentally I think deranged? I found information on uh, the guy yesterday that in some way or the other tied him to uh, ISIS. Oh, so it's only ISIS that has terrorists. Well, of course not. Any, uh, You can be a terrorist. Yeah, I could be. I understand people in your office think you're... No, that's tyrant. I'm tyrant. <laughs> no, I mean... Now, how is that guy in Vegas not a terrorist? What was, his, what was his goal? He was a terrorist, right? Anybody's. I mean, you know, so why don't we call him? Why don't we call him a terrorist? So well, we had this attack in New York, and this guy is from Bangladesh. Now, you know, you know what's a sad thing is, is you're an immigration lawyer. You hear about one of these mass casualty events, and you think, oh, please don't let it be an immigrant. Please don't let it be an immigrant. And you hear the guy in Vegas go, oh, thank God it was a white guy. That's <laughs> um, what you think about as an immigration lawyer. So this one guy who is apparently too stupid to make a pipe bomb, <laughs> apparently too stupid, he apparently cut off match heads, stuck them in a pipe, Taped the pipe to his belly with zip ties and Velcro, and broken and broken Christmas lights. Broken, well, was it a broken Christmas light or a real Christmas light? Really unclear what that was. No, it was a broken one, so it would. Uh... Now, was that a whole strand? though? No, because if you break one, you break the whole strand. Did he get the whole strand? Is that? How... I, I, I wasn't so, there. So apparently, there's no duct tape in Brooklyn. <laughs> 
uh, and uh, he uh, he blows up his belly and causes some people's ears to hurt. That's what he does. Uh, I now he's scheduled to do your neurosurgery. My neurosurgery. <laughs> He's he's not doing any brain surgery. And, um, of course, he ends up being an immigrant from Bangladesh. Uh, David, there have been over the last 30 years, um, just uh, so you know, 600,000 immigrants from Bangladesh over the last 30 years, uh, 200,000 of them through family-based immigration over the last 30 years, and apparently six have been involved in some level of a terrorist attack and not a single person has been killed. So that's the level of terrorism out of Bangladesh. Um, or does it show that they can't build bombs? Well, it might just be a, it might just be a moron, this guy. <laughs> um, and uh, the first thing Trump did, the first thing was what? Call for the end of family-based immigration. Is that, is that how they react? I mean, this is, what's, this is what's so transparent to those of us in the field is you see an incident like this caused by a guy who's clearly got mental issues, um, religious and or mental issues, and is just a moron. And you say, immediately, we need to end immigration because if he hadn't come, this wouldn't have happened. Well, I don't see the correlation. David, the guy lived seven years in Brooklyn. That would cause anybody to go nuts, don't you think? But my dad grew up in Brooklyn, so I can say that. Um, he was an Uber driver. You know, that, that'll, that'll make you that, that'll make you insane. Uh, being an Uber driver. So the first thing Trump says is tweet about we need to end family based, and then, and then Sarah Huckabee Sanders, really the liar in chief at this point. That woman is just ama- has an amazing ability to lie. Um, it, it must be tough to be her kids because you couldn't you couldn't outlaw your mom she's just amazing that way uh and we're going to end family-based immigration now if we ended family-based immigration david what is the flip side to that okay what about all the companies started by uh immigrants family-based immigrants and their first generation kids or second generation kids i myself i don't know about your heritage david but i am the result of family-based immigration my grandparents were able to immigrate here because of their siblings back in the 1920s. I am um, grateful for family-based immigration. It has been the cornerstone of our entire immigration policy since at least 1965 when, we, when our modern immigration policy took shape. Family-based immigration. Employment-based immigration has been kind of a side note. Now, I think there should be a, a balancing of those two. Uh, but think about this. How many people would immigrate through, the, through Trump's point system if they knew they could never immigrate their parents? You know, most people come from cultures in which parents and elders are revered and cared for. Uh, and it is your obligation as a child to care for you, not stick them in a nursing home in a foreign country, but to care for them. Um, if you knew that if you immigrated to America, that when your parents needed to be cared for, that you could not immigrate them, would you come? I dare say you probably wouldn't. Uh, you see Macron in France actually uh, really gearing this up, the president of France, where he is recruiting American scientists and the world to come there to work because France doesn't have that same type of xenophobia in regards to uh, foreign immigrants. 
they do a little bit, but not as much as we have here now and with our president. So this idea that you can use a terrorist incident to get rid of fiancé visas, that was a San Bernardino case, uh, so you can't marry anybody you want to anymore, uh, to get rid of family-based immigration, like this guy in Bangladesh, um, to get rid of employment-based immigration, well, because employers way, don't know better. Did you hear that his family, uh, the one that sponsored him, or whatever you want to call it, um, had won the lottery or whatever to... Uh, That's great. You know. I mean, I'm not, I've never been a huge lottery fan, the diversity lottery. Um, but if that's your long-term strategy... David, do you know how long it takes to immigrate here as a brother? Do you know how long it takes? No. Do you want to know how long it takes? It doesn't really affect me. No, but it, it, I mean, it goes to the argument that once one guy gets it, the whole family comes. That's just simply not true. I mean, right now it takes about 20 years to immigrate through your brother. If you are a uh, a U.S. citizen, you want to immigrate your uh, your par- your uh, uh, your adult children. That will take anywhere from 10 to 20 years to immigrate them to the United States. Uh, you can bring your parents once you're a U.S. citizen, but that that parents and and spouses are the only category that you could do that in. Uh, so, it is uh, the family-based immigration system is balanced. And certainly as a country of 320 million people, we have the capacity to bring in a half a million people a year for family-based immigration without any bump in the road at all, uh, especially considering the amount of dynamic economic growth that immigrants generate to our, com- to, to our economy. So this idea that Trump immediately latched onto, uh, that we need to eliminate family-based immigration, is something, David, I found very interesting. I was, just, I was thinking about this last night. What is the easiest way to denigrate somebody, to, to, to cast doubt or aspersions on an idea that you don't like or a policy or plan that, doesn't, um, that you don't support? How would you do that if you, were, you wanted to cast aside, well, that's garbage and here's why? The easiest way is to label it. If you can use a clever label... That, uh, that demeans, that uh, lowers in esteem, that uh, makes less than uh, what that thing actually is, you at that point have engendered uh, a level of distrust and uh, fear and loathing and um, uh, uh, concern that didn't exist before. Now, Trump is a master at this. I will give him this. If, if he is anything, he is a master labeler. Uh, from Crooked Hillary, Hillary to, uh, uh, what did he call Jeb? I forget what he called Jeb. Low Energy Jeb uh, or Little Marco uh, or Rocket Man. The guy is a fabulous um, uh, labeler. But that also means that he is a world-class demeanor. Uh, he is a world-class bully. He is a world-class anal pour as my friends back in New York City would say. Um, they have different words for that, and they, they start it with F and anal pour. Uh, but that's, a, that's an adjective before any derogatory comment in New York. Um, so he labels these people as, uh, uh, as uh, chain immigration. 
Because when you think of chain immigration, that sounds bad, doesn't it? It's like a chain. They're binding us down. You're you're making life harder for everybody else. So the chain is there. So you bring in mom, and then she brings in her other kids, and then those kids bring in their, their in-laws, and then they bring in their kids, and pretty soon the whole world's in the United States. And it doesn't work that way because of the way timing works on these cases. Um, and when I talked about the, the 20 years it takes to a sibling come in, that doesn't apply, by the way, David, to Mexicans or Filipini, Filipinos. Mexicans right now to bring your brother in is about an 80-year wait. Uh, to bring other relatives, including adult children, in are about 30 to 40 year wait. So, I mean, the, again, every country is allotted a certain number of people that can come every year. You want to reduce the allocation, that's fine. Per country, that's okay. You can do that. There's different ways to control it rather than eliminating it because that hope that you can immigrate someday through your sibling or through your parent, uh, it actually is inspiring. It, it's uplifting. But this labeling thing we've been talking about, Trump has been doing this both on chain immigration, they've done it on a, on, on a really offensive term, anchor babies. Uh, that sometimes, some somewhat reason, having a child, now, you know, the theory is it anchors you in the United States. Well, this must be the world's most floatable anchor because babies don't anchor anybody in the United States. Um, and in fact, uh, if somebody comes here uh, illegally, undocumented, and they have a child here, that's a meaningless act until that child's 21, and if the parent was here illegally, they've spent more than 10 years outside of the United States. Let's take our first break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio, talking about Donald Trump and bullying. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano, o tiene problemas con inmigración, o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verifying your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. So we're talking about this labeling idea that Trump is really good at uh, and that others within the Immigration Service have now latched on to. Uh, and, in fact, uh, the head of the USCIS even came out uh, yesterday, the new head who is an anti-immigrant shill. Uh, you've got the new head of the Ombudsman's Office, people in favor of the help immigrants, another anti-immigration shill, that are using these incidents to really amp up their hatred of immigrants to a broader community. Um, it's, you know, Dave, it's really hard to, to blame immigrants for stuff when the economy is doing well. If the economy is doing so well, how are immigrants not responsible for it? 
So they see they take the blame, but not 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 the benefit. Uh, and that's what's really interesting is, uh, okay, you've got all these immigrants coming in that have created jobs. We know that. They pay taxes. We know that. Uh, that are not using public dole uh, as, as, as near the rate, and, and most of them can't until they're permanent residents for five years, uh, as citizens do. Uh, nothing really but to contribute. And somehow they're to blame for something? It's, it's just bizarre. Crime is as low as it's ever been in, in recorded since the 60s. Um, and it's really bizarre uh, that Trump continues to bang this anti immigrant uh, wagon. And you have to wonder, at a certain point, is there racism involved? Is there these people are different from us? If they were all Brits, would we be saying the same thing? If they were all Canadians, would we be, would we be saying the same thing? But because they're brown or black or they're Asian or, or, or um, uh, they come from different ethnicities or religious traditions, somehow they are bad. Um, you know, the good news is Donald Trump's only going to be president for three year, three more years, uh, and then Hillary's going to come back and beat him. Just kidding, David. She's not coming back. Um, and he, but Trump himself is doing everything possible to make sure he doesn't get reelected. Do you think he's really doing that, David? You don't think he's doing that? His tweet today was really stunning when he uh, basically said that uh, Senator Kristen Gillibrand would have sex with him for a campaign donation. That was his tweet today. That was his tweet today. Uh, the misogyny that comes out of this president is stunning. Absolutely stunning. And it's really directed to people that he is either afraid of or he despises, like women, uh, that immigrants, uh, People that have made him famous, that made him money, but because they have done that and he has not done it on his own, uh, he has a secret level of despise for them. It's, just, the rhetoric that he has brought to America is really just completely nuts. Um, David, I want to dwell briefly about uh, immigration scams. Do you, you've heard about immigration scams, right? Not really. No. Not really? Um, so uh, we were talking earlier about junk mail that we both get. And that you use, Apple has this really cool feature on their phone. You hit uns- whatever email if it's junk, they unsubscribe from it. Um, there are there is junk mail that is targeted to immigrants. Uh, usually, it involves the lottery, is what we see quite frequently. The green card, they call the diversity lottery, which is not a bad thing. It has been the primary source of African immigration over the last 20, 27 years. It's been in existence. Uh, now, I'm not a big fan of rewarding people based upon immigrating based upon luck without a higher level of skill set. But again, you could modify the lottery to make it more effective uh, rather than just eliminating it. I mean, that, that, that's the great prize. If you, if you really want to have a more diverse um, uh, population in America as far as immigrants are concerned, you can do that while not eliminating the program. Uh, but scams come out all the time. Hey, you've won the lottery. <gasps> I won the lottery, the green card lottery. It's awesome. Send $50. Send, send $1,000. People fall for this. What we try to tell people is the Department of State is not going to send you a random email, and the USCIS is certainly not going to send you a random email that says you won the lottery. First of all, the lottery winnings only come out, they only name them towards in, in April, so we know when they're coming out. And now they're just junk. Second, the lottery's free. It doesn't cost anything. It only costs once you receive your package in the mail of winning the lottery. Uh, and that, lo- that email will come from a .gov address. Now, you know how to check addresses. You know, so somebody says, send your, you know, Amazon's calling, get your prize. If you, if you hover your mouse over the link, 
you can see what the link is. If it's not Amazon.com, don't click on it. It's clickbait. It's phishing. If it's not USCIS.gov or travel.state.gov, don't click on it. It's it's clickbait. It's not designed to just hit the delete button as fast as you possibly can. Uh, the next thing to be very careful of about immigration scams, if somebody tells you something that nobody else is doing, that they have discovered a secret way, that they, that they are special, they have insight into something, Run as far away as you possibly can from that person because they are lying to you. They are using you to become rich. They are using you to make money. Uh, and so when you buy into that, well, my friend got a work card. Okay. Do you know that getting a work card is an administrative clerical act that is meaningless in the context of the relief the ultimate benefit that you want to get. And so, yes, you can file a fraudulent asylum application, and you may eventually get a work card. But you will also get deported. This was big back in the early 90s, but 93 to 97, there was all these fake people running around, oh, I can get you a work card, and then they filed for asylum and disappeared. And then all those people, David, every single one got a deport order. They've been here ever since. I had two people come in yesterday with these orders from 93 and 96. What can we do? Well, this is going to be really hard. This is going to be really hard. Uh, and yet there are lawyers today in 2017 pulling this same scam, saying, oh, you know, we're going to get you a work card, and then we're going to apply for uh, 10-year relief under the cancellation removal without telling their clients. Uh, particularly if they live in Georgia, where the asylum rate, grant rate, is close to zero, um, that the uh, rate of approval for cancellation of removal is around 2%. Would you bet the rest of your life on a 2% chance? Just because you might get a work card for a couple of years in the meantime? That is being penny-wise and pound-foolish. So if something sounds too good to be true, it is. If somebody's asking for money up front for something that has not been explained to you in detail about how it will work, what will happen, and you have not gone online and used, looked at the lawyer rating sites, looked at Google reviews, if you lawyer gives you, your lawyer or notario, what's your email address? Oh, it's uh, uh, hollyhunter at, at hotmail.com. If your lawyer's email address is not an official law firm website, run away quickly. You know what it costs? David, you know what it costs to get a real website uh, with a real email address? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. And a little bit of effort, right? A little bit of effort. So if your lawyer's doing a Gmail or a Yahoo or Hotmail account, run the other way. They're not legitimate. They don't put enough uh, respect into their work to merit you hiring them. Is uh, is there any prosecution going on of this kind of? There thing? are. Um, I know there's investigations here in Georgia. By oh. um, whom? By what's called Homeland Security investigations. This is part of ICE. Yeah. Uh, they call HSI. I know they have several investigations going on into uh, notarios, as and as well as the Gwinnett County Sheriff. 
uh, or a Gwinnett, Gwinnett County prosecutor, is Solicitor General is looking into several in Gwinnett County. Uh, I they, know they have to stay in Gwinnett County. Right? Well, it have to be a Gwinnett County focused case, correct? And there are, but trust me, there's plenty in Gwinnett to, to, to work on. Uh, the state bar has done nothing on a lot of these immigration scams, um, but people can really protect themselves just by going to Google. There's a lawyer rating service called avo.com. Go to avo. Well, you can game that. Yeah, you can game that a little bit, but you can't game Google reviews. You can't game, you know, really Yelp or Facebook reviews. Go look at them. See what people have been through. Contact. That's what's great about Facebook. Somebody leaves a review. You can reach out. Hey, you hired this law firm. What did they do for you? What? How did they tell you? How did they treat you? You, you are the customer. You wouldn't go into a restaurant and sit through really crappy service and crummy food and then happily pay your bill at the end, would you? You get up and walk out. Say, I'm out of here. I'm never coming back. If you're in London, maybe. London. Actually, I didn't have a bad meal in London, I have to tell you. But we went to some pretty great places in London. Although one meal was very weird, very frou-frou, very Frenchy frou-frou. Wasn't, I was really not up my alley. Um, now, if you get letters in the mail... Well, wait a second. I don't want to go back to <laughs> prosecution. Yeah. Okay, you get one. So who do you raise your hand to? Who do I call? You, well, you can call HSI, Immigration, uh, Homeland, ICE, Homeland Security Investigations. Immigrant is probably our particular. Well, they can they can they can call the um, FCC. Uh, because it's a wire or a phone communication, so you can call the FCC and report them there. They have a consumer reporting uh, fraud line. Uh, you can also call the uh, local uh, police. Uh, uh, they may investigate. Uh, you can call the Solicitor General in your county, the, the chief lawyer in your county, ask them to investigate this, because anything over the Internet is wire fraud. It's wire fraud. If it comes from out of state, it's interstate wire fraud and becomes a federal issue. So they can investigate any of this stuff. People, and, it, and it's really hard, it's easy to say this, but it's really hard to do, have to stop being afraid to call the police. You've got to call the police. Get them involved. Have you heard of any that have been something has been done to? Oh, yeah. I, I just announced a big conviction up in New York. Uh, there have been several in Texas. There have been several in California. Uh, I would suspect in the next 12 months you're going to see a whole boatload of uh, lawyers and notarios arrested and put in jail. Uh, part of the problem is they, I think they let some of these lawyers off very lightly. Oh, they pled to one count of wire fraud and one count of visa fraud, and they served one year in jail. But they've made millions of dollars on these people. Now will they lose their license? Oh, yeah, and they're never getting it back. But, okay, so you serve one year in jail. Where's the punishment? Where's the justice there? They're not giving the money back. Um, I mean, I'd like to see a severe penalty on one of these people, and you're going to go to prison for the next 30 years for fraud. Well, better than that. <clears throat> yes, a severe penalty, but then severe publicity. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the thing is, HSI, they'll put out a press release, uh, and the U.S. attorney will put out a press release, and it might be in paper for one day. Um, you know what happens, though, is once you get disbarred, it goes in the bar journal, and every lawyer, that's it's like reading the obituaries in the newspaper. Every lawyer, they get their bar journal every month, first thing they do. Oh, wonderful Joe. Lost they, they go to this disciplinary yeah. section, right? The highest read articles on the Daily Report, which is the lawyer newspaper in Atlanta, when the, when the Supreme Court disciplines somebody. Um, other things that, that people get in the mail that are scams, they will get a letter. 
hey, you must, you, we, you have, you've seen this with the IRS, like the phone calls. Hey, you need to call right now because they come out of the police station or, you know, pay the, give us your credit card information. It's really, those are fraud. The government does not work that way. And both USCIS and ICE and local police, they all have hotlines. FBI, they all have hotlines. The IRS, they all have hotlines that you can call. Say, I got, I got raw, I just got, somebody called me. Here's the phone number they called from. And then they do investigate these things. Uh, but that's not how USCIS works. It's not how Social Security works. It's not how the IRS works. Those are all frauds. So you can avoid being scammed by just exercising a modem of common sense, taking a step back. People, oh, we're going to hold your – we've arrested your husband and come down. You need to pay a bond over the phone. No, it does not work like that. It does not work like that. And you have to – Make sure you're not letting yourself be abused and taken advantage of. Uh, so, yeah, that, and again, using the web to your advantage, particularly with lawyers. Uh, if your lawyer doesn't have a, a you know, a four-and-a-half-star rating, because nobody gets a five-star rating as a lawyer. Everybody's always ranking with somebody about something. Four-and-a-half-star rating, they don't have any rating at all. They don't have a 10 on AVO, which requires really a modicum of effort to get. Um, move on. There's another, trust me, there's somebody. There's always somebody better until you get to our firm. <laughs> there's always somebody better. Let's take our next break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio, the most listened to podcast in the known universe. Immigration. Uh, not immigration. Yeah. Not immigration. Right? There might be other podcasts that might get a few more listeners than this, but I can't imagine what they are. Uh, Dave, we had a really interesting thing start to happen in immigration, USCIS, over the last several months. Uh, you know that Trump, the first order Trump signed was hire American, buy American. That, that's his. Uh, that's his thing. Uh, which the next president will get rid of. Uh, amongst oh, they're going to hire foreign. No, it just means we're not going to do stupid stuff like this. So we have a client who filed for an L one visa for a multinational manager executive to come work for them. And uh, when you file these, the, the the form says, "How long do you need this person for?" We need him for three years. They put that three years. So they approve him after much ballyhooing, and they approve him for one year. Now, we filed this case through what's called premium processing, which you might call extortion. Um, but because of that, we do get access to an email. Normally, you have no access to these people whatsoever. So we email, why did you only approve this one here? Well, 
His employment at will contract is for one year. That's what they wrote back. His employment at will contract is for one year. So, wow, I, that's weird. I, I don't remember that. So there is an employment contract. There's no term in it. Why? Because he is an, an employee at will. Now, David, you know what an employee at will means, right? You can fire anybody for any reason you want to at any time. Have a nice day. There's no contract limit on that. So we write back and says, um, there's no term limit on this. Oh, we believe there is. Wow. So the employer goes, what do we do? Well, we could appeal it, I guess, although we didn't lose. There's really The appeal is kind of weird. Or we could sue them. Oh, I don't want to sue them. Well, then, you, then, then next year we'll file again. So now you're going to spend three times the amount of money to hire somebody than you would have spent because you're afraid to sue them. See, this is actually going to be really important going forward. Employers are going to have to get over their fear of suing the immigration service. I think the USCIS is setting itself up to be the largest defendant in the United States government. Uh, and I will have there will be no greater joy in my life than suing the USCIS. We sue them in any given year 20 or 30 times for clients over a variety of issues. Another great example. We talked previously, David, that, the, that Trump has decided to interview every green card applicant. Now, you're probably thinking, well, why wouldn't they interview every green card applicant? Well, what is the purpose of the green card interview? The green card interview purpose is to find out whether you are admissible to the United States and do you have a valid immigrant visa. Well, the immigrant visa is a piece of paper that's been previously approved, generally speaking, if it's employment-based. It's been approved by an immigration officer. So they then file for the adjustment of status. Now, there are anywhere somewhere around 80 different questions on this form about admissibility, whether you can be granted a green card. Have you ever been a Nazi? Are you a communist? Have you ever received guerrilla training? Have you worked in a prison? Uh, my favorite of all time, have you ever committed a crime for which you have not been arrested? Uh, you know, <laughs> I love that. So there's those questions, and you answer them on a piece of paper, right? No, 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 no. So the officer then interviews you. Now, the officer, on any given day, generally has 10 to 15 minutes to interview you. Review the file in toto, interview you, make a decision, make the necessary entries in the computer database, and then move on to the next interview. Possible? Sure. Effective? Absolutely not. <clears throat> so what happens? So now that you're going to what, what previously under under Clinton, Bush, and uh, and Obama. They generally interviewed employment-based immigrant visa applicants on a random basis or if there was some indicia, okay, they had been arrested, okay, let's interview them uh, for some reason. They had a DUI or something, let's interview them. And just randomly, 5% of cases were just interviewed. It's what you do in business, all right? You don't check everything. You check the random ones and make sure that you're doing the right thing. So now, instead of interviewing... 5,000 in plant-based cases a year, they're going to interview 140,000 or 100,000 in plant-based cases a year. They're not augmenting the number of interviewers. All right, so the people that are doing the interviews have not changed. In fact, they're probably a bit fewer 
given the hiring freeze that's been going on, people do quit their jobs, uh, especially this job. Uh, so you've got a hiring freeze in place. Uh, we have seen already, just in the last year, we have seen naturalization interviews that were taking three to four months, now take a year. We have seen marriage-based green cards, which were taking three months, two years ago, now take a year to a year and a half. And we're seeing employment-based cases that will take a year to a year and a half. Now, this happened, this backlog of cases that we've seen ramping up, this has happened before. Uh, in fact, oddly enough, David, I, as I was um, uh, unpacking my boxes in my new house, I ran across an article uh, about one of my cases from 2003 in which uh, the Bush administration was delaying the naturalization of several of my clients who were Muslims. Um, and we had threatened them, and somehow the press got a hold of it, and there was an article about the, you know, it took the threat of a lawsuit for them to act on these cases, and they ultimately naturalized my clients. Uh, after a while, the threat didn't matter anymore, and then we had to sue. So in 2005 and six, and, and really going into 2007, we were filing, the cases were taking four years to naturalize somebody. Four years to naturalize somebody. Um, we see that coming again. We see this higher American, buy American as a way for the, uh, uh, the Trump administration, if they can't change the immigration laws, they can change their impact, like limiting a three-year L1 to a one-year L1 on a whim, just a, a whim. Um, delaying a green card for somebody for two years instead of one year. Every year, there's X number of green uh, immigrant visas that have to be issued. If they're not issued in that count in, in that fiscal year, they're gone. So if you don't use all 140,000 numbers, they're gone. Well, if you want to limit legal immigration, how do you do it? Just slow down the interviews. Slow them down. Oh, sorry, couldn't get them all done this year. So sad. Uh, and so we're seeing that happen now. Now, how do you get, how, how do we as a as lawyers react to that? We have to go to federal court. Uh, back in two thousand and two, as this started happening after nine eleven, uh, I uh, I co-wrote a book called the ALA Litigation Toolbox, and it was designed. It was it, it was something that had been done back in the eighties, and I revived it. Uh, in the 2000s, because it was a modern day, hey, we need to start suing, and immigration lawyers were particularly ill-suited to do this. We, Many of us have become paper pushers, and I, I've always litigated, so for me, it hasn't been that big a deal. But we need to teach people how to go to federal court, and how not to let the government control and dictate the agenda. This is the power of the federal courts. Now, I will tell you the one thing that Donald Trump has made great again are immigration lawyers. Every time he's lost a case, it's been to an immigration lawyer. Now, we've lost some of those at the Supreme Court level. That's why elections matter. Sorry. But every time he's lost below, it's always to immigration lawyers. Immigration lawyers are fierce litigators. And now there are num additional numbers and numbers and numbers of lawsuits that are being filed. And that's vitally important.
to holding the admini- any administration, we, we sued Obama tons, um, to holding them accountable for bureaucratic actions. I know you're a big fan of bureaucracy, David. I know you love bureaucrats. Especially if you haven't been in the Army, you know how bureaucratic, how wonderful they are. Uh, and then if there's no oversight of a bureaucrat, what happens? They run amok. The inmates run the asylum. I would rather have judges run the asylum. Looking at it from a third-party, outside perspective. Now, it's funny because, for example, interviews. Uh, The government doesn't have a set time in which to naturalize somebody. Now, once they interview them, they only have 120 days to swear them in or make a decision. But interviewing is a different matter. You know, they can take all the time they want to adjudicate so long as under the APA, the Administrative Procedures Act, that time is reasonable. So what's reasonable? Now, the government likes to say, this is their response, whatever time we take, that's the definition of reasonable. Okay. Now, the good news is the federal judiciary doesn't agree with that. The federal judiciary who believes in the rocket docket and getting case decided because justice delayed is justice denied, uh, whether you win or lose a case. So filing a mandamus action by saying, Judge, the government has been sitting on my client's naturalization case for two years on interview, and all they will tell you is, is we are doing administrative processing. Well, as far as we know, that means they're two-hole punching the paper one by one. We don't know what that means. Uh, oh, doing a background check. Well, exactly where are you in the background check? What background are you checking? Tell us what that is. And going to federal court has been a boom to help people find out and get peace of mind. Because generally speaking, within 60 days of filing that lawsuit, Usually around day 50, you get a call from the U.S. attorney, and they say, Hey, uh, would you mind if I take another 30 days to answer, and then we will get you your case done? Okay, take 30 days. So they come back and say, We need 30 no, no, no more 30 days. Or they'll even say, Hey, you know, we just approved your client's case. Recently, we filed a lawsuit on a Monday, served the government on Tuesday. The following Monday, we got a phone call. Hey, we approved your client's case. Okay, we withdrew the lawsuit. You don't have to go to trial on these cases many times. You just have to really do it in a way that forces the government's hand on the program. Uh, because when they, are, when they are not paying attention uh, to what's going on, they are clearly not helping you. Let's go back to this one-year thing that we got from uh, the, uh, the government. This actually points up towards a greater trend. I love going back. I think numbers don't lie. Um, And you can look at numbers. Now, you have to take context into account, of course, but numbers themselves don't lie. And when you see, uh, if you go back to the, let's say, the 2000s, early 2000s, and you look at the the filings of H-1B visas and L-1 visas. H-1Bs are specialty workers, uh, not necessarily high-skilled, but people whose jobs require a bachelor's degree. Um, They don't have to be high-tech or STEM. They can be anybody who has a bachelor's degree. Um, And L-1s are people being transferred by the companies, their foreign companies, into the U.S. to work temporarily. And you look at the request for evidence, right? This is when, hey, you didn't submit enough evidence on the case. Let us know. Give us more information. You saw an R, it's called RFEs. The RFE rate 
in single digits or low double digits, 10%, 12%, 8%. And then in, in about 2012, you saw this uptick of the RFE rate, and the denial rates were single digits. Same types of cases in the, in the early 2010s, and you saw an RFE rate in the 30% and denial rates in the teens. And then in the 2015 time frame, you saw the RFE rates in the 40% range, the denial rates in the 20% range. And now, we don't have the fund numbers in yet, but the, now the Trump administration is looking at RFE rates upwards of 70%. And denial rates upwards of 30 to 40 percent. Now, these are the same exact cases being filed. So, either one of two things has happened. Either, because the law hasn't changed, either they were really bad adjudications back in the 2000s, or they're misinterpreting the law today intentionally to deny cases, intentionally to make things harder. I will let our studio audience decide. Which of those is the correct answer? Let's take our final break here on America's Web Radio on the Immigration Hour. Soy Charles Cook, abogado y jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Llámenos hoy si usted tiene problemas con inmigración, si ha sido arrestado, si se casó con un ciudadano o tiene una oferta de trabajo. Nosotros le podemos ayudar. También podemos explicar ¿Qué puedes hacer para recibir los beneficios de inmigración? Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, 404-816-8611, o visítenos por el Internet al www.immigration.net. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, uh, David. Uh, Merry Christmas, by the way, everybody. Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Uh, enjoy the enjoy the spirit of the season. I mean, hopefully, as a, as a country, we're not uh, uh, all living in Donald Trump's cesspool of a mind, but uh, hopefully, lifting ourselves up and uh, looking well, for a better. Brought angels. back the words "Merry Christmas," which is just garbage, David. Merry Christmas never went away. He, he didn't bring his squat back. Obama, there's like 50,000 clips of him saying, Merry Christmas. I mean, this, this idea that Christmas has gone away is just literally invented. It's gone away. Literally it invented. Just... It's literally, I mean, literally not true. It's something that's completely made up. Completely made up. Uh, and by the way, would Jesus say Merry Christmas? No, he would not. Because he never brought attention to himself. So this whole idea that, oh, we're doing away with Christmas... No, no, that's that would be what do we call that? Oh, we call those lies. Yes, we call that a lie. That simply didn't happen. Um, but it sells to the to the drones that follow Trump. Um, despite now, the editorial board of the Washington Post, your favorite newspaper, 
um, other than the Inquirer, which was where all the good information's at. It's one of my favorite parts of Men in Black, by the way. We need to go to the hot sheets, and they go over and look at all the, the National Enquirer type papers. Um, Trump said, David, he was going to deport the bad hombres, as he called them, because he can't say the word hombres. Hombres would be the, the bad, hungry people. Um, uh, but we know that the vast majority of illegal immigrants in America have no criminal record. So this last year, ICE arrested a record low number of uh, immigrants in America. 143,000 were arrested in the United States living here, um, which was a 30% increase from Obama's year when Obama arrested nobody. Um, so the numbers were, look at Obama's real numbers, which were back in 2014, and you'll see they're just, they just didn't do a very good job. And uh, only a quarter of those um, uh, had criminal convictions. Only a quarter of criminal convictions. Uh, and this idea, and, and what we're seeing, David, are these... Um, our families being ripped apart. But here's something that we haven't seen. Do you remember back in the, when the recession started in 08 and 09? We were on the air back then. Um, people were leaving, weren't they? People, they were literally leaving the country. Uh, and over a million uh, people, immigrants, illegal immigrants, left the United States during that time frame uh, and went back home, many back to Mexico. Uh, arguably, for undocumented immigrants, it's a much more frightening time now, in a way. Has anybody left? No. Why aren't they leaving? Well, as opposed to a decade ago, because that's almost a decade ago, believe it or not. It's 2018 now. A decade ago, the economy is doing well. The economy is doing pretty darn well. Regardless of what the president does, the economy does well. The economy reacts to market forces, not to things the president says. Um, and, and that's true for Democrats and Republicans. So... If the economy's good, can you stand a little fear? We've seen these raids of ICE, especially here in Atlanta, which has attracted national attention for the raids that they have done. But they're not really raids. What ICE has done, basically, is their job, which is, hey, here is somebody with a criminal conviction. It might be a 20-year-old DUI, but it's a criminal conviction. They go on Facebook, and they say, hey, there's a guy with that name kind of looks like him from the picture we have, let's go to his house at 6 o'clock in the morning and roust him out of bed. So they knock on the door, or they wait for him outside, and then if anybody's around him, they say, hey, what's your papers? Now, at that point, David, you're an American citizen. If a cop came up to you and said, so where are you from? What would you say? Would you say anything? Or are you smart enough to exercise your constitutional rights? If I'm, if I'm, somebody comes to me and asks me that, I'll say, I exercise my right to remain silent. I will not be talking to you. I'm telling you that so that you know why I'm silent. Thank you very much. Well, we know you're illegal. I'm not speaking. Well, we know you're from Mexico. I'm not speaking. Well, we've got this. I'm not speaking. So we're going to arrest you. I'm not speaking. I can't arrest you these other people who they don't know if they can't take your prints or if they can't have you verbally identify yourself. They can't pick you up. If you don't say, I'm undocumented, they can't pick you up. They're going to let you go. But they intimidate. I mean, it's hard. 
they yell and scream and intimidate, just like all, all police officers do in this kind of situation. Uh, the Supreme Court said it's perfectly fine to do that at a certain level. Um, and you just got to remain steady. And those clients, those people of mine that I know that have remained silent, I have clients that were in that situation. They're in a truck that stopped, and they begin asking everybody, "What's your? Where's your papers? Where are you from?" And all these colleagues are saying, "Well, I'm undocumented. Uh, I don't have any paper. Come with us." And they ask him. He says, "Exercise my right to remain silent." Well, if you're legal, you have nothing to hide. Exercise my right to remain silent. What are you hiding? Exercise my right to remain silent. And let him go. Because they have to. They have to. So if as, as, as immigrants start to exercise their constitutional rights, and yes, immigrants, regardless of their status, have constitutional rights because under the Constitution they are persons, um, then at that point we will see the effectiveness of ICE's raids drop down uh, dramatically. Um, we're also seeing, David, a, this year was a, 2017, a record low number of people crossing the border. Fewer people crossed this year than have crossed since 1971. And Dave, what were you doing in 1971? Were you in the military then? No, I was out. Uh, You're already out by then. Okay. Uh, and uh, that was uh, Nick kind of doing pretty good back then. Nixon was uh, running for re-election, and uh, uh, Connery was humming along. Uh, they, they hadn't put price controls in yet, had they? I can't recall when Nixon put price controls in. I can't recall. Price controls? Uh, no. All right. So things were going good, and we had a record low number of people that year. This year is lower than that. Um, and that decline has been going really since 2000, uh, partly because economic conditions in Mexico improved and the Border Patrol has doubled its numbers. I mean, they're a much more effective organization. Um, but here's what's, here's what's interesting. So ICE this year put arrested 143,000 people. They put a good chunk of those, because if they arrest somebody, David, who has a deportation order, those people are just gone. They don't, they don't get to go to court again. All right? Um, but if they, people have never had a court hearing, they have to go to court. That's how it works. Unless ICE can intimidate you into signing by keeping you in jail, you get to go to court. So the court backlog now is almost 700,000 cases. 700,000 cases are in that court backlog uh, with not enough judges to service them. So they'll be here, and they're going to get work permits. Many of these people get work permits for the next three, four, five years. The idea, of course, is to outlast Trump, outlast any negative change in the law, and be here for when Congress finally gets his act together and gives us some form of immigration relief that makes sense for the United States. Um, there was a terrific article, a very sad article, but a terrific article yesterday in the paper, uh, national papers, about this, this mom and dad who... Um, had exhausted all their appeals. They had been reported. They never, they never disobeyed the law. They, they, they had overstayed a visa. I mean, they had come in illegally a long time ago, uh, and they had to leave their kids here, their 20-year-old son in charge of their 18-year-old and their 16-year-old. They had to leave. The kids weren't leaving. The kids, you know, they spoke the language they were going to, but it wasn't effective for them to go. Their life was here. They grew up around U.S. citizens. We're sending the parents away. How does that make any sense? People that had a job, they had a house. They're making mortgage payments for the last decade. How does that help anybody? You know, well, that job will go to Americans. Well, probably not. Probably not. That job may very well disappear, for all we know. 
So, David, this this whole idea that uh, that Trump has that really he's living your gasmatronic you know wet dream of the anti-immigration movement to deport people. Um, he's just not doing it. He's just not doing it. Uh, and it's um, as the as as the post said it. It said it very well. The president's sound and fury on deportation signify little. He has intensified arrest, disrupting settled and productive lives, families, and communities. But to what end? Only an overhaul of America's broken immigration offers the prospect of a more lasting fix. And yet, Congress fiddles while Rome burns. Uh, and uh, David, I heard this morning that congressional approval is around 15%. Here's my question. Who the hell are these 15% who think Congress is doing a good job? Where are those people? I'm just so grateful for my congresswoman and the extraordinary job that she is doing. Oh, wait a second. I promised my wife I wouldn't use sarcasm. Got to stop using sarcasm this year. Next year, no sarcasm, David. Um, We are not holding our congressmen and women accountable. We're not. Uh, we're not making them work on our behalf. We're not making them solve problems. Uh, and I think today's election in, in Alabama will be, be reminiscent of that as they elect a pedophile to Congress who will do nothing to solve the problems of our country, nothing to move us forward. David, it's been a great week. It's been a great year. Happy 2018 to everybody. We'll be back on January 2nd with our New Year show. Uh, and, uh, it, David, has been, it has been a trying, difficult year. But but for many people, it's been a great. We've had clients that have great years that that have that have achieved their dreams this year, that have done remarkable things. And what I love about being an immigration lawyer is the lives that we change and the people whose lives we affect, and and how every single day we make America great again. We just make America, David. We've always been great. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.